Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Matthew chapter 28, it says this, After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning. And his clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, don't be afraid. For I know that you were looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen. Amen. Amen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. Verse 8, so the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. When the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, You are to say his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. Amen. Let me tell you, there's a, there's a greater story that's circulated since that. And it's the story that Jesus Christ is alive today. Amen. I don't know if you want to celebrate this morning, but I'm happy that he is alive. He's risen from the dead. We celebrate every week. We come every week. And do you know one of the things that when I think about Easter, and and, and sometimes you can get in a little bubble in this room, and you think, well, we're here worshipping Jesus, and and this is just us. But can I just say, just, just get this into your mind just for a moment. All across the world today, People are remembering, this globe, people are remembering what Jesus Christ has done 2,000 years ago. That he gave his life, but that he is risen from the grave. You see, the resurrection, without the resurrection, Christianity means nothing. If there's no resurrection... It means absolutely nothing for us because it's important that we understand today that the resurrection of Jesus Christ gives you the ability, the power to live a new life 
in him. If you look at all of the epistles, the 13 epistles of, of Paul, if you want to include Hebrews as well, 14, if you think he's the author, Paul. But if we look at the epistles, if you look at every part of those epistles, none of them will stand if you t- take the resurrection away. You remove the resurrection and all of Paul's letters don't mean anything to us today. Because the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ gives them power. It allows us to read them and understand that Jesus has a plan beyond the grave. And I'm so glad today because I don't know about you. There are times in my life when I felt that I was going to die. Or there's times when I've gone through seasons where I thought that my life was at the end. But I want to tell you today there is life. In his name. There is a promise of eternal life in Jesus Christ. The title of this message today is Resurrection Realities. Resurrection Realities. 1 Corinthians 15.9, Apostle Paul says this. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, meaning now, we are all, of all people, most to be pitied. In other words, he says, if this is all we've got then there's no point. 1 Corinthians 15, 32, he goes on to say, if the dead are not raised, he's talking about the resurrected. He says, if the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. In other words, he's saying, if there is no resurrection, if you just look at the cross and you don't look at the resurrection of Jesus Christ, what you'll find is you might as well do what you want. Let us eat and drink tomorrow because if, if there's no raising of the dead, then it's pointless. It's just a religious thing. Can I just say to you today, we're not here for religion, we're here for relationship. We're here for relationship with the Jesus who gave his life for you and me. And he wants to draw people today right towards him. Amen. Without the resurrection, the message of the cross loses its power. Just a few weeks ago, I was heading off in my car. I'd just had a major service done on the car. In fact, it was done on my drive. They took the whole front of the car off. And I was sat in the house and watching my car being dismantled as they did work on the car. And so the, the few days later, I was driving and went in the car on a, early on a Saturday morning and set out on the motorway on the A14. And as I'm driving on the motorway, I'm going down and all of a sudden I'm thinking, this car is just not powerful. I was putting the foot down and it wouldn't go above about 55 miles an hour. It goes a lot faster than that. And I'm trying to, you know, I don't go above 70, but it goes a lot faster. And so I'm putting my foot down. The car's not moving. There's no power. So I got out of the side of the road. The first thing I did is I opened the bonnet, pretended I know what I was doing. You know, when you go in there and I'm poking around and looking at things and And then I shut the bonnet, went back in, and then I got on the phone, told my wife that the car's broken down. And I thought, what am I going to do? So I went back out, opened it again, just looked at it again and poked around. People were driving past. I think they thought I was a mechanic. I had no idea what I was doing. I thought, if you look at it, then it might work. I was praying, God, come on, what's wrong with this car? And so I was looking at the car, and I couldn't work out what was wrong. You know, when you look and you think, I can't see anything wrong with it. Looks fine to me. So I, the first thing I did is I phoned up the mechanic. I said, Listen, I've got a problem. I'm driving on the A14. This car's going 55 miles an hour. 
He said, bring it back to me. We'll have another look. So I drive it all the way back. Slowly on the A14, I arrive at this mechanic's house. And he opens up the car. And he looks in and within five minutes, he finds this little screw. That is just tightening on the connection for the turbo onto the engine. To allow the engine to have the power it needs to move. He said, it's just this tiny little screw. I'm glad he was a Christian mechanic. Because he could have told me anything and I'd have believed him. He said, I'll just tighten this screw and everything will be fine. He tightened the screw. Within minutes, I got back in the car. The car was full speed again. From one screw. And I realized something and I felt the Lord just want me to share that with you today. Because I believe sometimes in our life, what happens is we sometimes detach and we don't believe that God is going to raise us. We don't believe that there is power in his name. We understand the cross. We understand the blood. We understand the sacrifice. We understand that Jesus once lived and he gave his life. He said he died for us. But actually, is he going to raise me from the dead? Is there life in his name? Can I tell you something today, church? There is no disconnection between the cross and the resurrection. There is no loose screw. There is no loose part. They are connected. And the power of the resurrection will raise you at the last day. There's life in his name. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 15, 7, Paul says, If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. But verse 20 says this, But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. Hallelujah. I'm so happy. It sounds like we've got a few at the front here happy today. I'm so happy. There we go. That Jesus is alive. I want to just share some things with you in this story that I believe are going to encourage you today. And the reality of the resurrection for you and for me and what it does. You see, at that day, when you look at this story, I just want you to grab this for a moment. You've got different types of people. They go to the tomb that morning. And the two Marys show up. And we also know that the Roman guard are there. They've been put around the tomb. So all of a sudden this angel appears and you've got this different reaction and response to what they see. And this is the resurrection power taking place. Jesus has been raised, now the angel appears, a violent earthquake happens and you've got all these characters responding to what is going on. First thing today is that the reality of the resurrection will shake your foundation. It will shake your foundation. It says there was a violent earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down, verse 2, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone, and I love this, and sat on it. That is just cool, isn't it? It's like a violent earthquake. The stone rolls away and then just sat on it. Verse 4, it says this. The guards, who were supposed to be guarding, were so afraid, they were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. Can I just say to you that Christ's resurrection will always challenge the reliability of your foundation. You see what happened is when this angel appears that power comes 
And right at this moment when the two Marys are arriving and then you've got this, this scene with the guards that all of a sudden they see power. They see resurrection power. They see heaven come down. They see this angel. Then all of a sudden it says they didn't stand and say, look at me, I'm a Roman soldier. They shook and dropped like dead men. You see, when you meet Jesus and you have an encounter with him, he will shake the foundations of your life. He'll shake the very core foundations of who you are. And what they did is they stood there and and they shook. And it says they were like dead men. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. If you stand in the foundations of who you are and this life and you put your trust and foundation in this life, let me tell you, you are going to die. Because the wages of sin is death. You're going to shake because there is a judgment coming and not many people like to talk about that. But there's a judgment coming. But Jesus paid the price so that you don't have to face the judgment. You don't have to shake and die. You can stand. You can stand because of what he's done for you. The guards shook like dead men. Then you've got Mary's, the two Mary's and Mary Magdalene. In Luke chapter 8, it says that Mary Magdalene had seven demons inside of her at one point. She was delivered of seven demons by Jesus. So you've got this. I'm just trying to picture this. Just get this, guys. Because I'm trying to picture what's happening here. You've got two Roman soldiers with all the gear on. And all all this crowd of guards. We don't know how many there were. But these guard of Roman soldiers with all the gear. They're ready to stand and protect. Then you've got two women coming up. One who was once bound by demons. In other words, at one time in her life she had a weakness. In one time in her life she had a bad foundation. In one time in her life she had nothing. But yet, I find it very amazing that she can stand there and not drop dead. She can stand there with the other Mary and see a whole Roman guard drop like dead men. I mean, if it had been me, I'd have been thinking... Looking at the situation, why aren't the Roman soldiers the strong ones? I'll tell you why. Because when you've got the resurrection life running through your veins, when you know who Jesus is, you can stand. You can stand. That deserves some praise. I went to a church just recently and I was ministering. I felt the Lord say to me, and I don't want to scare anyone here today, but the reality is that Jesus did deliver demons out of people. He came to heal the sick, to set the captives free. I was in a meeting and I saw a young lady sat at the back and the Lord spoke to me and said, pray for her because she's got some demonic problem. As I went, I was leading up to calling her forward in this teaching session up in the north. And as I called her, she walked out of the room. Five minutes later, she walks back in. And so I wait for an opportunity and I prayed for her. The moment I prayed for her, she hits the floor. She was manifesting that day and God just delivered her. But I was so thrilled. We were at a conference just a few weeks ago. In fact, that day when she was set free, she got up from the floor and she said, 
I cannot believe how different I feel. She said, I feel happy. She goes, I just feel like I want to talk to people. This is the teaching there. I mean, it was, we had lunch together. She'd just been delivered. We sat having lunch together. She's smiling like you would have seen. It was a completely different woman. Then a few weeks ago, we were at a conference. We walk into the conference. She's on the welcome team, welcoming us in and giving us the badges. I said, it's good to see you again. You're looking well. What a great welcome. Let me tell you, that's the power of the cross. Because the power of the cross enables people to stand. It enables people to stand wherever you've been. So whatever your foundation is, whatever life you've had, whatever past you've had, whatever demons you've had, whatever's gone on in your life, let me tell you today, there is life in Jesus. You can stand. You see, whatever Jesus shakes, he can raise. (laughs) Whatever he shakes, he can raise. I remember when I gave my life to Jesus, there were times I was broken. I felt like hitting the floor, but he raises us up. What did we sing today? He's resurrecting me. He's, He's lifting me up from the ashes of defeat. Listen, you're only ever as strong as your foundation. You're only ever as strong as your foundation that you choose in life. And let me tell you, you need to trust in Jesus. Jesus spoke about having the foundation, a solid foundation, that when when the weather comes, the bad storms, you are standing on a good foundation. I find this amazing. Then it says this, verse 6, the angel said, come and see this place where he lay. You see, I don't know if you've seen this before, but the Roman guard is still knocked out. You know, you know now the angel says, come on, it jumps off the top of the stone. You know, we, we dealt with the Roman guard now. Come and have a look inside. I'll give you a tour. Come and have a look inside. Come and see where he lay. There's a Roman guard dropped outside nearly dead. They, they walk in and they see where he was laid. Can I just say something? If you listen to the instructions from heaven and what God wants for your life, you won't die. He'll keep your ears and he'll keep directing you on what to do. Come and see the place where he lay. Then it says this, verse 7. Then go quickly. Then go quickly. And tell his disciples, he's risen from the dead. And he's going ahead of you into Galilee. The angel said this, come and see where he lay. Then get out of here. Because they're about to wake up in a minute. Get out of here. Can I just say something to you today? It's good to recognize the tomb that you left. It's good to recognize the tomb that you've left. But it's also greater to recognize the purpose, the destiny that's ahead of you. You see, Jesus, he's in the business of saying, look, if you see where you've come from, you'll realize that you've got something to go to. If you see where you come from, this is not life. Your life was heading for the grave. Come and see. This is where death was, but he ain't here. Get out of here quickly. Move. Go. Get out of this grave. I don't know about you today, but some of us are hanging around our tombs still. We're hanging around the tombs. We're we're investigating them. We're we're sticking around the tomb. Ooh, this is nice. I'm going to stay here. 
Because this is who I am. This is my identity. This is my past. This is where I should be. I'm staying here. Because I'm comfortable here. Because this is where I know I'm a sinner. I'm broken. I'm, I'm not supposed to have life. Because I don't deserve it. All those things I've done in my life. But let me tell you something. Heaven today wants you to see where you've come from. Because those who are forgiven much love much. If you realize the tomb where you've come from, you'll realize the destiny ahead of you in Jesus. If you don't serve Jesus, you'll stay dead on the floor. You're not running anywhere. The Roman soldiers were struck. And these two women see this. I just felt the Lord show me something when I was preparing this. And he reminded me of Ephesians chapter 6. That you have... A spiritual armor. In fact, Paul he used the illustration of a Roman soldier. He used the illustration of a soldier saying, you know, when, when life gets hard, when life gets tough, when it's difficult to serve, I want you to understand something today that you're like a Roman soldier. You can wear the helmet. You can wear the breastplate of righteousness. You can have the sword of the spirit. You can have the belt of truth. You can have all these things. Listen to me today. When you serve Jesus, when you know who he is, listen, you don't have to be a soldier like they were. You are a soldier because you believe. You put your trust. It says in Ephesians chapter 6, 13, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, what? You may be able to stand your ground. The reason why those two women could stand their ground and not drop to the floor dead is because they were a different type of soldier. They were an Ephesians 6 soldier. They were a soldier of the kingdom of God. They were the thing that Paul said, if you believe, if you trust, you will have this armor. You will not drop dead because you will stand firm. Can I say to you today, when you put your trust in Jesus, he gives you the ability to keep standing. He gives you the ability to keep standing so that your tomb does not determine your future. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The second thing is this. The reality of the resurrection will shift your direction. It will shift your direction. Verse 8, it says this. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy. And ran to tell his disciples. Wow. It says this. That they heard the instruction. He said, come and look where, where, where he lay. Now get out of here. Then verse 8 says that they hurried away. They listened and they went their direction. They went exactly where the angel told them to go. And they flee from this tomb. I want to say to you today. It's time to move quickly and to leave your past. It's time to get out of your tomb that's been determining who you are. Because listen, emotions didn't drive them. 
Why? Because it says they were afraid and filled with joy. I mean, that sounds crazy. Those two things don't work together naturally. To be afraid and filled with joy? So he says, right, I want you to get out of here and I want you to go and find Jesus. They ran, they were filled with joy, but yet scared stiff. I mean, that doesn't equate, does it? So they weren't, their decision to run was not based on emotions. It was based on truth. It was based on the fact that he was alive, that he wasn't present. We don't care. We know we feel a little bit of anxiety at the moment. We're not sure what's going on, but we know he's alive. So we're heading to where he is. I'm not going to let my emotions determine my decision for following Jesus. Can I say to you, some of us sometimes we're afraid. Some of, some of us sometimes we're filled with joy. Hallelujah. I'm not going to sing about joy, don't worry. I know a man who sings about joy. (laughs) Sometimes we can fill with joy and we can be afraid. Our emotions, at a time of choosing to follow Jesus and go in his direction, there are emotions take place. But can I say to you, don't judge your emotions to determine your destination. Don't judge on your, how you feel to determine the path you're going to take to follow him. Because it's not your emotions that determine, it's truth. They went because of truth. They went because he wasn't there. They went because they knew he was somewhere else. They went because he was the resurrection and the life. Hallelujah. They were afraid yet filled with joy. They went and they meet Jesus and they're going in his direction. Then Jesus gives some instructions and says, I want you to now go and tell the guys. And you've got to tell them what's happening. Because they, they haven't got it yet. They've not got it. So he gives them these instructions. But I don't know if you've ever seen this in verse 11. Now, verse 11. The dead like soldiers get up. It's like the valley of dry bones. All of a sudden they start getting up. What's going on? Where where are the women? There were women here a minute ago. Oh, Oh yeah, he's gone. Where's he? All of a sudden they're shocked. Then says this, verse 11. That they go in a different direction. He says, while the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. Now, I've got no idea what they heard when they were on the floor. I don't know because I wasn't there. Not that clever. But what I do know is this, that they saw and heard something powerful. They, they witnessed an angel. They saw power. They saw life-giving power. But it says, verse 11, that while the women were on their way to where Jesus was, they don't decide to look for him. Why? Because when you're dead in your sins, and when you find that you reject Jesus, you don't have any instruction to know what to do in your life. But when you do, you follow the right path. He gives instruction. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. But do you know what they do? They say, right, do you know what? What do we need to do? We're not even going to go and tell the Roman, our Roman boss or our boss is going to kill us if he knows that Jesus is gone. Who can we tell? Right, let's tell the chief priests. 
Let's let them sort this out. So they go, they tell the chief priest, and it says they tell the chief priest this, and the chief priest turn around, and this sounds like a great church to be in, doesn't it? A great temple. It says they turn around to them and say, actually, we need to devise a plan. We need to tell a lie. We've got to get rid of this guy. Tell him the disciples stole him, and in fact, we know that if you do that, because then if you lost a body and you were put on guard, let me tell you what happened, you'd be dead. Capital punishment. If you lost the prisoner. So they said, we'll protect you, we'll give you some money. We'll look after you, just say this. Let's come up with a little story. Let's come up with a lie. Let me tell you, there's a direction you can either lead to truth or the lie. You can either pursue truth to Jesus Christ or you can go to these chief priests and you can try and devise and live in a lie all your life. But Jesus wants you to be in truth because when you live in a lie, you're always crushed. No matter how much money you have, you're always crushed. You can have an encounter, you know, and walk away from God. You can have an encounter today and understand the truth that the resurrection power, the reality of the resurrection meets you right where you're at, right now. It gives you a deciding moment to say, where am I going to go? Am I going to follow Jesus? Am I going to go to where he wants? Am I going to follow God in my life and lay everything down for him? Or am I going to go to the chief priests? Am I going to go the other direction? Because let me tell you something today. The soldiers ran to the chief priests, but they ran to the high priest. They ran to the high priest, Jesus Christ. Which priest do you run to? Which priest? I don't know about you, but I get frustrated when I go in some uh, of these older churches that I see that sometimes people look so much up to what people wear. Like they've got more authority and power. And I can tell you today that there is nothing more powerful than someone who gives their life to Jesus and surrenders themselves. You don't need to run to any priest to forgive you. Jesus Christ is your high priest. He paid the price on the cross. His blood was shed for you. He says that the curtain's torn in two. There's been made a way for you to come in. You can come in. You don't have to go to anyone. You can come to me directly straight into my presence. They ran to the chief priests. Which direction are you running in? You see, their direction offered them a protection based on a lie. Do you know what Satan does today? He says, if you follow me and you do what I'm going to do, you'll be fine. But it's based on lies. The Bible says that Satan is the father of lies. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In other words... Come this direction. Come to the high priest. Because I'm the way. I am the truth. I'm not based on a lie in the city. I'm not based on that lie. And I'm the life because I'm the resurrection. Because I should be back there in the tomb. But I'm here. Come to me. 
Don't go to the lie. Because all your life you'll be basing it on your protection on a lie. So easy sometimes to fall for the cheaper option. The quick fix. I remember years ago I was needed a, a new electric box in my house and I had an electrician come around. Someone told me his number. I phoned him up. He came around. He looked and he said, yeah, you need this particular type of box. He said, it's going to cost about 500 pounds or you can have it for 300. I said, what do you mean? Is there a special sale on at the moment? He said, you just pay cash. Do it a bit cheaper. I thought, I wonder if the taxman knows about this. By the way, I didn't choose to go for the cheap option. I've still not got it done yet. treat myself to something else. I mean, an electric box is so boring, isn't it? So I've been waiting for years, saving up for an electric trip box. But listen, do you know what happens sometimes? In the little things in life, and even in the decision to follow Jesus, the enemy comes right in and says to you, there's a cheaper option. There's a cheaper option. There's a cheaper option. You don't have to, come with me. Come with me. Come with me. I'll protect you. There'll be a safeguard on your life. I'll protect you. You can have everything you want in life. He said that to Jesus in Luke chapter 4, 3 and 4. When he went into the desert. You can have all of this. Just follow me. But Jesus knew that if he stood his ground and he stood, it says that he went out in the power of the Spirit. You see, when you trust God, if you don't settle for the cheap option and base your life on a lie, let me tell you, you're going to find life. It costs you everything. But you will find life. Hebrews 4, 14 to 16, the writer says this, Therefore, since we have a great high priest, he's talking about Jesus, who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, Let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. You see, Jesus is not someone who's in a tomb today. He's ascended. He's at the right hand of the Father. Because he is the resurrection and the life. Amen? Finally, the resurrection will shape your worship and adoration. I find this amazing what happens next because it says this, verse 9. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. I love that. Greetings. Where have you been? You, you, didn't, you didn't go with the boys into the city then. You came to me. Good choice. Greetings. Then he says this. Imagine they run in. (laughs) Think about this. Just think about it. They run from the tomb. Now he says they're afraid. They're scared. They don't know what's going on. They're filled with joy. There's emotions. But they know that he is the resurrection and the life. And then you've got the, the soldiers that are now waking up. They're heading into the city. And then they arrive. And all of a sudden, suddenly, Jesus appears and he says, Greetings. They didn't look at him and say, wow, we knew it all along. Oh, wow, Jesus, we we believed all along. It says the next thing they did is that they clasped his feet. They went down. 
The New King James Version, the, the King James Version says that Jesus said, All hail, not greetings. All hail. They were struck down to his feet. It says they clasped them. Wow. That's not an ordinary greeting. You see, when you meet with the resurrected Jesus, it shapes your adoration. It shapes your worship. You begin to realize you're not just following Jesus for religion. You've not just run all the way just to find him, to get a list of instructions. You're not just run all the way to find him, to find, oh, I'm just going to be happy now. I can tick the religion box. No, when you find Jesus Christ, you will get on your knees because he is the living one. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. And you will clasp his feet. You'll get all of his feet. You'll, you'll take his feet. Why? Because you'll take his feet because he's taking you in the right direction. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They, they clasp his feet. And it says they worshipped him. They worshipped him. We sung earlier on. We were singing to Jesus. Some of us need to learn what it is to when we meet with Jesus. We come on a Sunday. We start to say, do you know what? I want to get hold of the feet of Jesus. I want to clasp his feet because he is my way. He is my life. He knows where he's taking me. So I'm taking his feet because his feet know where he's going. And I'm following Jesus. So his feet are the answer. And I'm following him all the way. You know, I go swimming with my kids when I go on holiday. And do you know what? I, I swim in the sea and I always love to, to, to keep swimming deeper and to see how far they'll go into the sea. And sometimes they get the good swimmers, but they, they're following behind me and they're swimming and trying to keep up with dad. And then I'm getting out of breath and nearly sinking, <laughs> trying to prove I'm a fit dad. And I'm there swimming and I can see, my, especially my youngest one, he, he, he will, he will he'll come behind me. And then eventually he said, Dad, I can't can't go any further. And he reaches out. And do you know what he does? He grabs my foot and then we both sink. (laughs) I've only got one leg. It's quite hard to swim with one leg. And so I'm swimming out and he's saying, Dad. And so then we're both struggling and then we have to go back to the shallow bit. But listen to me. When you clasp his feet, it's like the Father is saying to you today, I love you. I sent my son for you. And I want you to clasp his feet because sometimes in your life things are going to get challenging. Sometimes the water is going to get deep. But you've got to know who you're clasping your hands onto. You've got to know who you're putting your trust into. You've got to know whose foundation you're living on. Hallelujah. We need to get to his feet. Psalm 132 verse 7. The psalmist says, let us go to his dwelling place. Let us worship at his footstool. We've got to learn what it is to go into the dwelling place of God. Did you know that that's available to you? That you can in worship. You can go into that place, that dwelling place of his presence. Get on your knees. I want to ask you today, what are you clasping onto? What are you clasping onto? Are you clasping onto his feet? Or are you clasping onto your own treasures in life? 
Matthew 28 verse 15 says this. Meanwhile, otherwise, in other words, meanwhile, the soldiers now, they're in the city. And it says that the chief priest devised a plan. And they say, we'll give you some money. And they take the money, it says. The soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. You see, once you take the bribe, once you take Satan and you choose not to follow Jesus, you listen to his instructions. They took the money. Now they were locked in. Listen to what we're going to tell you now. Because this is the way your life is going. You are under this protection money. You stay with us. You do as we say. You say what we say. And you don't change the story. They accept the money. The Bible says this. Your treasure is where your heart is. Your treasure is where your heart is. In other words, some of us sometimes, you know what we do? We fall for the lie. We head to the wrong place. Then we take the bribe and we accept the treasures of that lifestyle. We are locked in because of the treasure of that lifestyle. And that's where our heart is. But meanwhile... You've got these two women who arrive and they realize that the value of Jesus, he is the pearl of great price. That he is worth holding on to. And there's no bribe over my life. There's nothing holding on to me anymore. I'm not held by the past or lies. I'm not locked in. I am free. Come on, I'm free. There is freedom in my life. And so I take hold of his feet knowing that I'm not locked in. I'm not bound by sin. I'm not locked into what sin has on me. Because grace come. Grace is here today. Grace is here at his feet. When you bow your knee and you say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. I don't need any other priest. I need you. I don't need a pastor. I don't need anyone. I just need you. Because listen, we can't save you. We can't do anything for you. We can just tell you which way to go. You've got to decide. But when you take hold of his feet, he'll lead you. He'll lead you better than anyone can ever lead you. Because he is. The way. He is the truth. And he is the life. The women saw Jesus and they saw treasure. They saw Jesus. They saw treasure. That's why they got on their knees. Their heart was with Jesus. Their heart was to get on their knees and to follow him. To surrender in spirit and truth. In worship to Jesus Christ. See Jesus didn't. He didn't just die for you to survive this life. He he died for you to to thrive in it. He wants you to thrive. Paul says this, that when we are believers, we'll reign in life. I don't know, sometimes when when I I wake up on a morning sometimes and the kids are screaming and shouting and and I'm wondering where Emma is and I realize she's in Iraq. I ain't reigning in life. When the cereal all over the place and I'm running around the house. I ain't raining, let me tell you. I ain't raining at all. He says you're going to rain in life. You're going to rain in life. Who are you clasping onto today? Can I ask the worship team just to come back? That would be great.
James 4 verse 8. He says, come near to God. And he will come near to you. Verse 10. Humble yourselves before the Lord. And he will lift you up. He will lift you up. He will lift you up. You see, it's a better place to be in when you're struck down to his feet because of your choice. And you're not struck down because of sin and judgment. They were struck down to his feet because they chose to follow him. Can I just say today, there are some, maybe right now, you feel that you are lost or you have walked away from Jesus. Maybe you're right in the middle. Maybe you've not chose which direction you're going. Maybe you said, do you know what? I, I'm in between or I'm choosing to go to, I kind of want religion. I want something because I just don't want to surrender my life. I don't want to give everything. But can I tell you, there is no other way. There's only one way. And that is to surrender everything you are to Jesus Christ. There is only one way. You can't have a halfway measure. You can't have a halfway bribe. You can't say I'm accepting this bit of this life and then I'll have a little bit of that every week. No, you've got to run to him. You've got to surrender to him. You've got to give your life to him. The reality of the resurrection calls you one way or the other. It calls you to him. And some maybe you've been distant in your faith. Maybe you've lost your way. But let me tell you, Jesus is calling you back today. He's calling you to the place of surrender again. He's calling you to the place of surrender. Thank you for listening. And we trust that the word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www kingscambridge.org If you're listening on iTunes we would love you to leave us some feedback God bless and goodbye